0: have a complaint about complaints so you know i'm going through the reviews because i because i try to keep on top of my shit and there's one one star review food is great service is great had a great time didn't give us a birthday dessert without us ordering one. Zero one star and i was just like i have been drafting the like imaginary conversation that i want to have with this person in my head since i read it it enrages me throw back to the brunch where i was given a complimentary dessert for my birthday and it was banana, and I hate bananas, and it was a thing. Yes. I didn't make it a thing. I'd like to clarify that. Um, shout out to Camilla. Thanks for that one. And then I just think to myself, I'm like, why would you like? Wh- why would you just assume something's coming if you didn't order it? You didn't tell us what kind of dessert you want? I, I don't like... like to know. I don't I... want a surprise dessert. What if you hate cheesecake? People hate cheesecake. What if you hate are allergic to cheesecake? Yeah. I don't know your business. Yeah. Anyways, one star for that. I was just
1: like, the people, they are unhinged. People are going wild. I think, you know that my number one complaint in this world that makes me want to jump out of a 12 story window is when people leave a four star review, but only leave glowing. Like I've literally read a four star. Why? This is out of five. It's not just four to four, (laughs) but four to five stars. And they're like, incredible. Can't think of a single thing that I would change. Four Four to five stars. What the hell? Oh, uh, oh! Uh, I can't just be tripping. My brain can't handle it. No, truly.
0: Oh, I don't know, man. And like just the wildest complaints about the food that are like completely not the food's fault. Like you just don't know what you like. I mean, throwback to the time when somebody was like, where's the foie gras on this beef Wellington? And I was just like, it's melted into it. Cause it's, Like, I don't know how to explain science to you right now. Like, I'm very sorry that this is confusing. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. The people be wild these days. I go into work and I just hope for the best. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, um, we're not here to just listen to me complain about the things that people have been complaining about.
1: Not entirely.
0: I mean, not entirely. (laughs) It'll still come up, don't worry. Uh, We're here to discuss... The history of food.
1: And on Pantry Staples! Season three!
0: Welcome back! Season four? Season four. First it was General, then it was.
1: Fermentation, fermentation
0: and then food disasters. Oh
1: my goodness. Four whole seasons. Uh yeah, welcome back.
0: And we had a nice long break. It was <laughs> hot girl f- slash summer. <laughs> Just kidding, it was like angsty girl springslash summer. Isn't it always? Truly. Um, but now we're here and I'm Emily. And I'm Marika. And we're gonna be dishing on your favorite foods. Um and today, or this season I suppose, we're going to be discussing uh foods recipes that originated in restaurants and then have subsequently become part of like mainstream like culture household names household names indeed thank you so today we're starting with caesar salad the classic the classic you go for a lovely little italian dinner you got your caesar salad you got your lasagna you got your tiramisu really do you not have that italian i feel like that's always a thing where have you had a caesar salad before Everywhere.
1: Everywhere, but I feel like never in an Italian restaurant.
0: I feel like it's all I ever see on the menu. I don't get it myself because that's insane when you could have a tomato bocconcini.
1: Yeah, or even just like a nice arugula. Are you going to tell me that Caesar salad is Italian?
0: No, I (laughs) was trying to set it up to contradict that actually, because I feel like one of the things that I kept reading was like, people think it's Italian, but it's not.
1: I mean, the anchovies would make me think maybe Italian but maybe the parm as well oh yeah I don't know anyways there's
0: (laughs) lots of thoughts about Caesar salad and I'm gonna tell you some things please do and as in everything that we've ever said ever who knows (laughs) maybe it's right maybe it's not (laughs) uh origins are murky that's Well, that's not true. Origins are pretty actually well substantiated, but within that there are several kind of like caveats and a little bit of like "Mm, timeline issues.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be sort of the general caveat for this whole season because if we're talking about like ownership of a dish is such a weird thing to try and prove. Especially for something famous that would give a restaurant or a bar or what have you a claim to fame. Totally. Mm -hmm.
0: So this one's claim to fame though. Quite potentially, begins in such humble origins as Tijuana, Mexico. Oh! Yes. 1924. I'm okay. pretty sure that was during Prohibition. Should have looked it up. Could you look up more I'm sorry. Okay, vamp. Uh, what does vamp mean? <laughs> Just like talking to the microphone. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm making it happen. Anyways, who is there in Tijuana in 1924? Well, first of all, everyone. That is during Prohibition. We've nailed it.
1: It was 1920 to 1933.
0: Really? Then what the fuck was the Roaring Twenties for? Was it just when everybody was drinking in speakeasies? Yeah. Oh my god, I've really misunderstood the plot, hey? (laughs) All I do is look at... uh, It's like Sparknotes, but it's like a parody account, and it's just like memes about classic literature, Mm. and they're always making jokes about The Great Gatsby, and (laughs) it kills me every time. Side note. Anyways, so... Tijuana, 1924. Who's there? Everyone. Everyone from Hollywood is in Tijuana because they need a cheeky drink. Love it. Like, frankly, I was thinking about it and I was like, if they put Prohibition back on the menu and I couldn't go and just, like, have a nice glass of wine, like, I would move to somewhere where I could. Yep. It's not even that I need the drink. It's just that I want to be able to go out and have a glass of wine with friends, you know? I just would like something.
1: I just... Yeah. Just, like...
0: (laughs) whatever we don't need to defend our alcoholic tendencies fuck it we want to drink anyways you know what it is it's you people at the restaurants leaving us fucking one-star reviews that's what's driving me to drink it's the only thing any yeah the only thing anyways so everyone's in tijuana right and they're like we're having such a nice time picture it fourth of july oh
1: yeah the crowds are there and we all know mexico loves to celebrate the
0: Again, just recently rewatched uh, Arrested Development and all I can think of is the Cinco, Cinco de, Cuatro, de Cuatro. And I'm just like fucking hilarious anyways. So yeah, they're there. They're celebrating. Places are bumping. Specifically, Caesars. A place. A, a restaurant. Yeah, a restaurant called oh, Caesars. What? Yes, of course. Yeah. The place is popping. People mm. are going off. He has basically run out of food. And there's still crowds of people there. In- and insane. He's like, what am I gonna do? Because he's an Italian immigrant. Uh, so enjoy that. Uh, so he's Italian. Yeah, it, well, okay, oh let my me gosh. get okay. to it. Okay. Okay. So anyways, he's like, what am I gonna do?
1: So <laughs> questionable.
0: I am Mario and Luigi both.
1: Please um, replace Chris Pratt. Just keep going. Just roll. I am better than Chris
0: Pratt in every way. Anyways, so he's like, I gotta feed these fuckers something. Mm -hmm. And so he pulls things out of the kitchen, and he's like, here, let me serve this. But what he's going to serve them is, in fact, a pretty basic-ass salad. (laughs) Like, delightful, no beef with it, love me a Caesar, but, like, it's- it's not a showstopper, right? So he decides, how am I going to make this a bit special? I'm going to prepare it tableside. I'm going to make it a big old show. Oh. Yeah. So the tableside service of this is like built into the dish. That's so cool. Which is, I think, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes, he does this. People really like it. Next thing you know, here we are. Let me tell you a little bit more about Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> was like, are we going <laughs> yeah, oh, About was... the man or about the salad? About the man. Okay. Yes, I suppose I should clarify in all the times. <laughs> um... Yeah, could you imagine if that's where I ended the podcast? Just being like, yeah, he fucking whipped something up. It was a good time. (laughs) Just
1: casual eight minutes. Casual eight minutes. So
0: uh, his name was Cesar Cardini. He was, like I said, an Italian immigrant. He was also a restaurateur and a chef. So he was uh, quite successful. He had restaurants in uh, California, specifically San Diego, for a bit. Mm. Uh, He had them shut down, though, when it was prohibition times. And he thought, I ain't doing this. Like, I want to make some money. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to Tijuana. So moved with the family there, did that uh he i don't know again like the timelines and like the details and the facts are a little bit murky Mm -hmm. his daughter rosa has like a lot of commentary on this and the things that she'll say are like we were making and bottling the caesar salad dressing when i was 10 years old selling it out of like a van at farmer's markets in california yeah and his family did move back once prohibition was over so i think that that makes sense like he would have originally made it in 24 and then like they were selling it 10 years later when prohibition was over because he'd moved the family back so that sure. seems right mm-hmm. but anyways he goes over there he has his restaurant it's actually later moved into uh the caesar's hotel so it was a restaurant in a hotel so that's pretty cool
1: all named caesar's right was it his yeah so did he own the hotel too then
0: to my understanding yes yeah and then eventually like sold it off because she wasn't keeping up with it and then it kind of Fell on hard times and it's recently actually been repurchased by a family in Tijuana that have kind of like tried to revamp it and are like apparently doing quite a good job. I wanna go. That
1: sounds so fun. Yeah. I know.
0: Um so, anyways, he mm-hmm. Why did this salad get so famous? Uh-huh. What was he doing with it? This is a bad timeline, I'm just kinda of fucking going on. <laughs> anyways, my notes are very scattered as per usual. Uh-huh. Why was this salad so famous? Well, it was because of the people who were eating it for a good part. I mean, obviously, the quality of the dish can't be, you know, dissuaded from. But Mm -hmm. people were eating it. Clark Gable. Mm -hmm. He was a big old deal. He, like, loved the salad. Uh, There's, like, so many, like, Hollywood big shots that would go down there. And then they brought that tradition across the border. They're like, we would like this. So that is one start of it. What did his recipe include? Mm -hmm. It doesn't look different from what we anticipate right now. It included romaine lettuce. That is always part of it. Yes. Garlic, croutons, but like large crostini kind of, like not little like tiny crumbly ones. Right. Uh, Worcestershire, Italian olive oil, salt, pepper, vinegar, eggs, Parmesan, lime juice. Hmm. Yeah, lime juice, which I always feel weird when I make a Caesar salad with lime juice if I'm out of a lemon for whatever reason, and it turns out I was right the entire time. Translation error there from uh, Spanish to English, because limo is both lemon and lime.
1: Oh, well, and they are in Mexico, so it's like... Yeah, exactly. Why not? That'd be good. I love lime juice. Truly.
0: I think it's a far superior juice, except for in water, when I refuse. People handing me lime water, get out of town.
1: Oh, I, see. I think I'd still prefer a lime water. Mm.
0: Lime and sparkling is so much more of a thing. hmm. That's what was in it. What have you noticed is noticeably absent from the recipe that you're familiar with, Marika?
1: The choves.
0: The choves. The Troves are a controversial bit here. So that leads us into our next portion of this, like, kind of controversial origin story. Mm -hmm. Is that potentially it wasn't invented by Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) It was invented by his brother, Alex, which is the Anglicized version of his name.
1: Uh, Rival brothers?
0: Yeah, he was also, like, a chef. And he had what was called an aviator salad that he'd made in 1926. He made it because he had been with the, like, aviation like, branch of the military in, uh, Italy. Jay, okay, yes. And I'm like, where the fuck was this country? <laughs> uh, and so he would serve this, or, yeah, he had been, and then he moved to Tijuana. Him and his brother had immigrated as well together. Uh, he came over, he had, like, a really large clou- crowd of aviators that it were in, and he made the recipe for them. It did have anchovies in it. And then it was the idea that that salad was later renamed a Caesar salad. So... Right. It's a six of one, half dozen the other.
1: And if they're brothers, then it makes sense that they're probably, like, making it together and maybe, like... And, like, having conversations, there's dialogue about it, that sort of thing. Yeah. I also also find it hard to believe because that kind of method of making things in a bowl, like, that's how you'd make pesto kind of traditionally in Italy. Like, that kind of where you just... And even... I don't know. Like, there's so much... So many sauces that are just, like, kind of loose. Yeah. Like, where you build them. Mm. Like, carbonara is is done that way. So, I'm sure it's... I just find it, it hard reminds to believe. Me
0: of like Putinescu as well. Yeah, yeah, I
1: find it hard to believe that there wasn't something kind of like that already.
0: See, this is the thing is, I feel like. As I'm sure we're going to say with every single one of these things, like so much of it just seems like it's part of like a cultural tradition that just got famous out of one restaurant because like people don't just come to work and are like, I'm going to create a groundbreaking recipe today. No. (laughs) They're like, here's this thing that I've been making casually. And like, I assume a lot of the time it's going to be based on need as well. Mm -hmm. Like you have lots of odds and ends in the kitchen or you have run out of things. Um, anyways, uh... And some other alternative origin stories mm-hmm. uh, was that there was a chef in Chicago, Giacomo Jr., that created it years before, like in 1908 or something. Like okay. That. Yeah, yeah, 1908. Um, and his had anchovies, croutons, eggs, uh, Worcestershire. He named it apparently after the Emperor Julius Caesar. That claim is a lot less well substantiated, and I can't tell if it's either just because Caesar's origin story is like so well marketed because there was an actual like salad dressing line like his daughter and him patented, or if it's just that like things were happening to coincide at the same time, Mm
1: -hmm. like both seem accurate to me for Um, sure. Anyways, and as always, like people can be doing the same thing. Like it's a very basic.
0: It's a very basic dressing. (laughs) Like, anyways, Um, there's also another that Cardini's uh, that he had a chef in the kitchen who kind of whipped it up because Mm -hmm. it was based on what his Italian mother would make. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Another says his business partner, and those gentlemen are Paul Maggiore and Livio Sandini. (laughs) Apparently, they're only Italians in Mexico at this time. Interesting. I want to know more about that. I know, right? (laughs) Um i didn't do that research. no of course Sorry. not um <laughs> the main thing that i really focused on for like literally the entire time was trying to figure out where the hell we went from having like the traditional tableside caesar salad dressing to like the gross caesar like creamy dressing that you have yeah in and there's like no talk of that and i really think that the only answer is like it's the like mass production of it it switched to being like a mayonnaise based dressing and now we have that monstrosity
1: yeah i mean that's what's so funny about it like Because technically, you're making almost like your own mayonnaise when you're... Exactly. That's what you're doing. Making it table-side, but it just doesn't... Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know. It doesn't hit the same. Now, other things that we have changed since Mm -hmm. the first original recipe... So obviously, and it does mention the wooden bowl specifically when yeah. you're making it, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to make the dressing all together. Coddled eggs, so not obviously poached, but like just lightly cooked, so that they're quite thick to help emulsify it. Oh, smart. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's supposed to be plated and like dressed on top of the leaves. So the romaine, like the thick outer pieces, are supposed to have the stems like pointing out towards the edge of the plate, and you're supposed to pick it up and have it be eaten like as an hors d'oeuvre almost.
1: Oh, so it's not even like chopped lettuce. It's like no, you're drizzling it on like it's supposed bullies. to be a hand
0: food, like eating it with your hands. And this huh. also kind of harkens, like potentially just because of the way that he did it and he didn't have time to cut the lettuce, or it harkens to uh, the uh, brother Alex's way of doing it, where he was making it as like basically an order for like a bunch of people who are at the bar, these aviators. Yeah, yeah. So that's a weird one interesting i'd be in, we should try that 100% Make that seems like, a, like honestly that when i was thinking about it i was like that seemed kind of like a great way to do an hors d'oeuvre of like of caesar salad yeah like just like a caesar like a finger food totally yeah let's see 1948 this is when caesar patented not patented but like started bottling <laughs> and they trademarked sorry that's the word i'm looking for yeah caesar cardini's food incorporation okay so he's that, crushing it he's crushing it Oh, my God, is he crushing it? And his daughter kept the thing alive. She turned this, like, very humble salad into, like, a multi-million dollar business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they, like I said, started quite humbly. They were selling it out of a van at farmer's markets. And then next thing you know, we have this massive production with, like, a variety of different, like, tastes on the Caesar salad dressing. The mm-hmm. light dressing. This very thick one. Like, it's all getting... Even in 48? Yeah. Wow. Like, not immediately. Like, these were happening quite soon mm-hmm. after, though. But yeah. still, that's... Yeah, I know. Right. So then 1946, we have a journalist, Dorothy Kilgallen, who wrote the big rage in Hollywood. The Caesar salad (laughs) will be introduced to New Yorkers by Gilmore Steakhouse. It's an intricate concoction that takes ages to prepare and (laughs) contains (laughs) lots of garlic, raw or slightly coddled eggs, croutons, romaine, anchovies, Parmesan cheese, olive oil, vinegar, and plenty of black pepper.
1: i love that they're calling
0: it inch it's like i know and it's like i don't know it's just so freaking cute though like the people are obsessed with the salad it's like i i don't know i guess this is maybe this is like a kind of patronizing take on it but it's like back in the 50s they didn't have as many different choices for food and like I kind of think that that's it though it was like I remember uh-huh. my mom once said to me I'm like I was saying like yeah I remember when sushi was like the big thing like nobody had had it before and now we had it and she's like yeah I remember when I was a kid and like Italian was like a big thing yes and like that's kind of what this feels like right like it's like a very simple dish but it's like whoa we haven't been eaten like this we've just been eating boiled potatoes
1: yeah where salt is like your only seasoning to have like garlic. Yeah. And I feel like even pepper, it's like, ooh, spicy. Exactly. White people. Um, 1953,
0: the Caesar salad had gained a reputation in Europe, and the International Society of Epicures, which is a group of professional chefs based in Paris, proclaimed it the greatest recipe to originate from the Americas in 50 years. Which, honestly, I'm obsessed with that take. It also might not be wrong. I think so, too. Like, name a better dish that's come out of America.
1: I'll wait. I don't know. No. Maybe we'll see you later <laughs> in the
0: season what better yes. options there
1: Did you find in your research any like reference to bane Banya be- 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 No. Interesting. Because I was just while I'm sitting here just thinking, because that's kind of like the same What is that? It's like an Italian like vegetable dip and it's it's hot, but it has like anchovies, garlic, oil, and hmm. you like dip like veggies in it.
0: I mean, that's the thing, though, is it seems like it's so similar to everything else. But because, mm-hmm. again, this is for a different culture completely. Like, I think this is... The recipe is really just highlighting how we aren't having, like, these transatlantic food trends quite yet. And that's, like, it's a new thing yes. to be experiencing a food from a different culture. Uh, like, it just wasn't being done in the same way. And, like, we yeah. see, in terms of the spread of this, like, it's being carried across by these, like, Hollywood types. Mm. And then how is it getting to Europe? fun story oh yeah yeah it's by the what, mrs wallace warfield simpson as in the mistress and like future wife isn't it of the prince edward yes eighth of wales she went that over and woman. was like partying it up and she was eating this and she's like i fucking love it yeah and then she was like could somebody please make me this and because everyone always <laughs> has these ingredients in their kitchen they could
1: yeah, especially in, like,
0: England? Yeah. France? Sure. I know. Um, well, let's see. Julia Child. This bitch gets in here. Oh, Jules. Jules. She said it was a sensation of a salad from coast to coast. There were even rumblings of its success in Europe. She recounts eating this salad at Caesars. Mm-hmm. Being made by Caesar. Oh! <gasps> In the 20s with her parents and how this was, like, a big to-do. And it's just, like, the cutest memory. And she's like, I don't remember exactly what he did, but I really remember the eggs. And I was just Mm -hmm. like,
1: that's so sweet. Um. (laughs) And I feel like for, maybe things were different then, but I think for, like, a North American diner, an audience, to have, like, a raw egg. Yeah. And something is like, what?
0: Yeah. I know. And this is the thing, too, is, like, the descriptions of it kind of make me think, like, did he do, like, the coddling of the eggs, like, at the table? Like, there's no way that that was happening. Like, they would have been done beforehand. But, like, the scooping out of, like, this thick yolk, Mm -hmm. like, that seems like it would have been a real, like, visual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Where, what's happening with the Caesar salad now? Yeah. Like, the restaurant. uh, Let's see. Once... This is an incredible quote. I love it. In many ways, <laughs> Caesar's recent history mirrors Tijuana's. Once a glamorous haunt for Tinseltown stars and gangsters, the city spiraled into a decades-long wave of crime and violence before experiencing a recent cultural revival. Ooh. In 2009, Caesar's, which was no longer owned by the Cardinis and had deteriorated into a scruffy dive, closed. But in 2010, a local family, the Placencias, reopened it after a total scrub down. Aww. I don't know. Right and like so cute, uh, Caesar Cardini spoke about how the salad made the jump from Mexico to Southern California to like being kind of a nationwide fixture. Uh, International, truly, yeah. Uh, he cites that Man About Tan Manny Wolf shared the recipe with various restaurants and increased the appeal. By mid-century, the salad was being offered by the famed Waldorf Astoria Hotel, mm. which at the time meant that it had arrived.
1: Very fancy.
0: So thank you for listening to that very disjointed, uh, like, telling of this story. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like the jumping around is sort of, like, the energy that you get when looking the salad's history up. Like, it's Mm. not, like, a consistent timeline. There isn't just, like, one origin story, which is, I think, what we're going to find in general. But what I enjoyed (laughs) so much, and a story that I would like to share, is... We do Caesar salad. It's a big fucking to-do. It Literally a professional Caesar salad maker over here. (laughs) Um, And there was one story Janice told me years ago. So Bonnie, one of the old school waiters, he'd retired, and there was this regular that we had who once apparently went to Vegas, was having a Caesar salad, and she drunkenly was like, Do you have, like, a Bonnie? And they're like, what are you asking for? (laughs) She's like, you know, I need, like, a Bonnie to do my Caesar. And they're like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) She was just asking for Bonnie to make her Caesar salad. She's like, I just need someone to make this for me this way. And that's the thing is it's, like, such a personal thing and something Mm -hmm. that people so jazzed about. And, like, they really appreciate the same person making it. And I can totally see this exact same thing happening, being like, where's Caesar? I need Caesar to make my salad. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Miss <laughs> Simpson, who literally did demand that he did it, and he was, like, like
1: rolling ugh. his eyes. Gotta do it. Yeah. Do you think that they would have allowed for much customization back then? Or yeah. was it pretty much just, like, no, this is the recipe, how dare?
0: I think that they probably would. I mean, it just mm-hmm. seems like it's the kind of thing where, I don't know, I don't get the vibe that it was, like, as precious about it as, like, we might yeah. be now, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just an odds and ends. Like, he yeah. was just some guy trying to make a buck when he'd run out of other speed stuff. Feed a crowd.
1: Also, wow, what a concept of running out of food. I mean, I guess that there's some restaurants where it's like, we serve until we run out, but we don't run out. No. We don't run out. And, like, it's just such a very different world from that place, right? Mm-hmm. Of,
0: like, I, again, I just can't get over the fact that, like, people weren't experiencing other foods from other places. Like, there is not a culture – like – list a country and there's a restaurant for it in town yeah and again maybe this is because we live in like a very like good food city yeah or like any big city is a good food city and to some extent but like i don't know i just can't imagine not being able to find like a dish or like try something new if i wanted to try something new
1: which is such an incredible luxury
0: i know bloody hell
1: anyways so
0: tell me how do you make your caesar salad
1: Oh, um, well I, if I'm going to make it at home, which I don't do very often, but every so often I will, Mm. I don't use anchovies.
0: You're an original.
1: But I will sometimes substitute capers. Mm, I I love capers. Because then you're still kind of getting that texture and like the salt and kind of like weirdness. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of pepper. Mm. Um, and lots of cheese. Yeah.
0: One thing we didn't talk about there. Dijon mustard isn't in the original, yeah. which I feel is a crime. I love Dijon in my dressing. You made the
1: mustard for emulsification. Yeah, and also just delicious. Another thing is, were they putting croutons in the dressing originally? No, that's. Well, again, mixed reviews. Yeah. Some say that there were croutons in it, and it was like, uh, I don't know, I
0: read one recipe or like one just. Disc- description of a recipe Mm -hmm. that was very much like the croutons were in the bowl and then you made the like drizzle the caesar salad over it as in like you put them in the beginning which is how I always do it because I do think your caesar or your croutons need to soften a little bit but everybody else is always like you put them right in at the end I would put them in at the end I don't want a soggy crouton I just don't really like croutons that much Hmm. which you know what else gets me so riled those bags of pre-made croutons those are straight up (laughs) disgusting it's not that hard to slice a couple pieces of bread (laughs) toss them with some seasoning and then shove them in the oven
1: no, I know. I make yeah.
0: excellent croutons, actually.
1: I love a crouton. That was always the croutons when, it, when my dad would make Caesar salad. We, like, he would never make, well, we would make the dressing from scratch because we wouldn't buy the bottle, but no. we wouldn't do it in a bowl, just, like, with, like, an immersion blender. Mm. So it would get kind of that, that creaminess. And yeah. I'm trying to think the other, like, veganifications. Definitely no egg. Yeah. Tahini sometimes. Mm, Nice. Um, but yeah, always croutons. And it's like half of the croutons would just be eaten by everyone coming up mm-hmm. to the kitchen, picking one out. That's the best it way in to your do mouth.
0: With, mm-hmm. I maintain food tastes best off of like baking sheets. <laughs> like I remember being a kid and just constantly being like, my mom being like, oh, did you have enough food? Do you like want anything more? And I was like, no. And then I'd go into the kitchen and be like, Mom nom, 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 Yes. Because I want it off the tray. Like, oof. Do you know what I love the most out of anything like that though? It's just eating individual noodles out of like the strainer. Like. Yes. Oh, it slaps.
1: Yep. A scoop of sauce and then an individual noodle.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry that I'm a genius. (laughs) Just, mm. what can you do? It's deconstructed. Exactly. (laughs) Soon that's going to be how they serve it at a hipster bar. I feel as though I make Mm. the perfect Caesar salad. (laughs) You like it murky. I do. I there's this one guy who asked for a Caesar salad to be chunky once <laughs> and I was just like, excuse me and he's like, I just want so much of the like anchovies and garlic and I want like almost no liquid. And I'm just like, mm, all right, made that one. I still get reviews for that one. Uh, but I want mine with so much Worcestershire, which is again like the whole anchovy thing is like maybe mm-hmm. people thought it had anchovies because of the Worcestershire had like that anchovy taste yeah. to it but again, who's to say? Uh-huh. And also the first recipe may or may not have had the Worcestershire in it, and that might have been, like, a slightly later edition by Caesar, though. Right. Um, but, yeah. So much salt, so much pepper. Actually, not so much salt, but, like, so much pepper. So much anchovies. So <laughs> It's salty. So much garlic. So much garlic. So much garlic. <laughs> like, anytime somebody's like, um, I actually don't really want, like, a lot of garlic or, like, no garlic, please. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, it's, then it's just fish the,
1: mayonnaise. Like,
0: <laughs> you're being dumb. Enjoy your bad choices. Um, Dijon. This is the other thing. No spice in it, right? Hey, except for the pepper. Yeah. Because I'm always like, I got to have a hit of something in there.
1: I actually, this is very fortuitous that we're doing this episode today. Because last night I was watching a TikTok about someone just making a Caesar salad. Oh, that sounds so funny. I know. It was just like, I just stumbled in and it's wooden bowl. They go, they put capers and anchovies. I think
0: that's a great addition. And a
1: lot of mustard, which I was like, "Mm, Mm. interesting. I'm going to have to start doing the capers. I don't think I've ever done that. I just, you know, capers... They're great. They are so great,
0: and nobody really understands what they are. One time at uh, Christmas, my cousin was like, "Are they like baby olives?" And I was just like, "Girl, it seems like it, right?" (laughs) I don't know, no,
1: no, No. Mm. blossoms from an olive tree. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's all I got for you. There's not a ton of history, and it's just interesting that something's become, and I guess this is what happens with all foods as it becomes more ubiquitous and
0: Mm
1: -hmm. international. That it gets changed and manufactured yeah again craftified craftified (laughs) oh truly i feel like that's the word of the the season craftified
0: (laughs) Mm. i don't know now everyone's just such a slut for
1: caesar it's often the only thing i can eat if i'm not in the city
0: (laughs) i was literally just thinking about this whole whole time i'm just like "Mm, gonna or caesar salads and french fries
1: caesar salads french fries caesar salad and onion rings Mm. blessed it's pretty much what i lived off in the the maritimes (laughs) the maritimes
0: (laughs) yeah They're not friendly to your people. You know. Mm. No. (laughs) What can you do? All right. Well, there you go. That's the the episode. That is. We did what we could. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, We're excited to be back. Yes, we are. Sorry that we took such a long break, but also... Whatever. How tired are we? We are very (laughs) tired. We needed the time to get even cuter for you. (laughs) Um, Okay, we'll talk to you in two weeks, I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.